Bocas del Toro, Panama. A secluded seaside hideaway. Scott Makeda has no idea that his tropical haven is about to become his personal hell. He literally said, I have the power of Satan. A serial killer pretending to be a therapist. Holbert rents a room and that's where he set up his business as a fake shrink. Accusations of a gringo mafia. Gun running, drugs. A slaughtered family. And then he goes back and he plants another bullet. A killer on tape. Hey man, I'm guilty. Everybody knows I'm a monster. The law of the jungle is simple. Survive. From Treefort Media and Village Roadshow Entertainment Group, this is Natural Selection, Scott versus Wild Bill. I'm your host, Candace DeLong. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So, Jordan, you recall back in January when we had Bob Costas, you and I so enjoyed it, and I know that our listeners did as well, and, and we spent a lot of time talking about sports, but as you know, the subject changed, and you and I both felt it was really important to be able to listen to the extended conversation uh, that we were able to have with Bob Costas. Your sense? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I always think everything I say is gold. So let nothing lie on the cutting room floor. And, you know, people push back. They said, no, you you bumble a lot. Sometimes you're redundant. Uh, most of the things you talk about go on tangents that don't make sense. We have to cut this. And then I said, no, I walk if we don't cut this. And they're like, well, we need to fill an extra week with content so you win. So this is what we bring our people, Governor. Uh, all jokes aside, this was a great conversation. Yeah. We we love talking to Bob Costas, and we got to get uh, deep in some stuff we didn't expect to get into. Well, it was a lot of fun, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy something that we taped all the way back in January, but it is worth listening to the rest of the interview. Check it out, and thanks for listening. For those who are currently listening, keep doing it. Here's Bob Costas, part two. Governor Kasich, who is going to run, and some people might say I'd like to see Governor Kasich take another uh, shot at it. Who's I'm for going you, to Bob. run? I'm for you mm-hmm. or Jordan. <laughs> no. <laughs> How's your boy doing? Uh, thank you for asking. He is doing, he's doing wonderful right now. I actually have a little bit of father guilt in... I, I don't know how much to challenge my child, and uh, he's learning the alphabet right now, and he <laughs> knows what a K looks like, and he picked up an R, and he said it was a K, and I I said yes, because a K, an R is essentially a K with a, with, with a heavy top, and, and so he said K, and I said, yeah, sure. And now for the last week and a half, I can't tell him that an R is an R. He thinks it's a K. And my wife thinks that this was bad teaching. I realize he being a pushover, giving a kid what he wants, doesn't necessarily help him in the long run. So, so yes, yeah, so this week I've realized uh, some of my shortcomings as a father. And what's your wife having to say about it all? <laughs> she Keeping you, Is she trying to keep you away from him? Yeah, I would I think give that consideration if I were her. Well, I, I I will say, for her, this is a win. She's like, this kid will be fine. It, it gives her a status win over me. So she thinks, let let me do it. Let's keep it. Actually, I have a so, I have a political question for you, or at least sure. a, it's it's a, it's a fundraising question for you. Um, 
I I subscribe to, God help me, uh, the former president's fundraising email. Um, I, I've had to sign up to go to some of these rallies and these events. And as of the last two weeks, I get six fundraising emails a day, literally one from Donald Trump that said, I have something big to show you. And I kid you not, I opened it up. He says, Jordan, uses my name. I appreciate it. You're one of my top supporters. I also appreciate that. Might not be true. He says, I have big news. And he literally shows me a pint glass. He says he designed a brand new Trump pint glass. And if I give 50 bucks, I can have a pint glass. And so I guess I ask you, I understand that fundraising is a part of the job. How much is too much? What are you relying too much on the, the kindness of strangers? Six emails, seven emails, two? You know, Jordan, that direct mail, that's a whole business in and of itself. You know, and that's the thing we got to remember sometimes that people people make money by doing things that aren't really appropriate in politics. Now, to send you, first of all, for them to send you an email from Trump shows how stupid it is and how unscientific it is, Okay. <laughs> On the other hand, the reason why they send these things out is because people give. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. I've, I've heard of it. He's, he's raking it a bunch. I, How much have you, you sent, Jordan? How much have you really sent him? Because I got a suspicion here. They're sending you all these emails because you sent him something. All right, come on. Come clean with it. Okay. I mean, uh, low six figures. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I love these glasses. I want to be the first in line to get these Trump-designed Trump pint glasses. It, they're, they're high quality, and I don't want to miss out. Wouldn't that be fun for us to have those glasses? <laughs> Maybe See, we could stand on that. We could so, you know what we could do? We could go up. They have all these big, tall buildings blocked off. But if you could get up top and see how many pieces they'd splatter into if you were able to drop them. But we'd have to get permission from the authorities to do that. That sounds like a very dangerous thing to do, Governor. I, well, we I, I don't know. If, if, we can, we can think about it. You live with danger, Jordan. You live with danger. You go on a stage and you just make jokes. I mean, you live in, you are danger. That's what I think about what? when I think of you. Jordan Danger Klepper. That's how yeah. you view me. And I, I, I appreciate that. You know, I was thinking of kind of like politics when there was a time when politicians were certainly oriented towards a higher calling, Jordan. You know, uh, put the country first and... Somehow we've 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 continued to slip out of that where, you know, you line up with your team. It doesn't matter what the other team says. I always think about it. I think the way Costas works, he's looking at the bigger, bigger picture. And when things become all about money or when things become all about being elected, you lose you lose some of the, you know, the real. You, you lose the soulfulness, you, le you lose the purpose when you can't when it's about something other than what it's supposed to be about. It's not just getting elected and getting votes. It's about who you are, what you do. You know, Martin Luther King never cared about how many votes he got. You know, there was, I just think that's one of the things we have to think about in this country today. Although I feel like instead of this being like our political system right now is Lakers versus Celtics, it's Lakers versus somebody in a completely different sport. It's like Lakers yeah. versus two guys in a bobsled. It's like, yeah. which side are you on? It's like, I don't even know what we're playing right now. If I can wade in on this, and I've seen almost all of Jordan's stuff on The Daily Show, hanging out in, in MAGA world. and I know my mom letting, sends you those clips, and I appreciate you taking a look at Letting me insanity. Letting me, you know, it's, it's big on YouTube. 
If I don't see it when it first airs, it's all over YouTube. And once you've clicked on it a couple of times, YouTube figures out that you want it. And they they know. Keep, sending, keep sending it your way. Um, but when you were talking about Michigan versus Ohio State, there might be an analogy here. Yes, people avidly rooted for Michigan or for Ohio State, but they played the game with the same rules and the same understandings. Nobody argued that this is an offside. This is what offsides is. This is what a first down is. This is where the end zone is. And even if there was some antagonism and passion, there was mutual respect and some mutual understanding. I don't need to say where. People can figure out where. Liz Cheney was interviewed in a number of places. In one place that leans toward a certain view of the world, one of their anchors, who they put out there as some sort of indication that, oh, yeah, we're objective because the news side has its moments of being objective. Liz Cheney laid out the case, which I don't have to reiterate. We know what her case is. And the respected anchor concluded by saying, Congresswoman Cheney, thank you. We like to hear from all sides. So wait a second. Let me get this straight. Two plus two is four. And the earth is not flat, is now a side of an ongoing argument. But you've lived it, Jordan. It is. I'm sometimes cast, and I don't matter that much, but for saying some common sense things that push certain buttons for people on that side of the world, those side you know well, that actually predates MAGA, but now has been put on steroids by MAGA and, and everything else. I'm sometimes cast as far left. I'm actually the only far left guy who's ever voted for Republicans. Not most of the time, but some of the time. And who's had long time friendships with people in and out of politics. Great respect for, for people who are more or less conservative. I spent most of my adult life in St. Louis. And until recently, Missouri was a purple state. As Governor Kasich knows, um, Missouri, like Ohio, was generally a bellwether state. Where it went, Democrat or Republican, is where the, uh, uh, the presidential elections would turn out. Uh, now, um, it's solidly red overall. But I spent decades around people who were no more or less compassionate, no more or less decent, no more or less good people to spend time with, no more or less uh, likely to, to show up at a charity event. And it didn't make any difference to me whether they were Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal. I could sense certain differences in sensibility, but we had a whole lot in common. Now, you've got a large portion of the country that is operating under different understandings of reality. I am not, I, I am required or was required to respect Mitt Romney, even if I voted for Barack Obama, to, to respect Bob Dole, even if I voted for Bill Clinton or the reverse. I am not required as a sensible human being to respect the point of view that says the election was not legitimate, that we still would like to have a man who tramples all over the Constitution and is a lifelong, a lifelong liar with no redeeming personal qualities that are discernible in any way. I'm not required to respect that as an alternative point of view. <laughs> that, that, is not, that is not Al Gore on one side of the stage and George W. Bush on the other. I was actually good friends with both Bushes who were big baseball fans, you know? 
Um, I, I, this, this is, this is where we are. If to get back to sports, if somebody said, right, if somebody said you're out, you're out if this play goes this way and you're the base runner, but if it's my base runner, that guy's safe. What universe are we in? Yeah, we'd still be fighting about that call on first base. I, I think you're right. I, I, I it, do, it does break my heart, and I think you you articulated that beautifully. It, it, it does come down to if we can't agree at these basic things, if there are no rules that we all agree to play by, then the game in and of itself can't be played honestly. Well, let me let me just say that nobody in an official or unofficial or elected capacity did more to fight. Donald Trump than I have or to call out or to call out those people who have not recognized this election and his behavior or all these other things. But I have to say that what has happened in this country is those is that people have begun to lose respect for the the basic uh, intrinsic value of people. What do I mean by that? Well, I served in Congress or, you know, as being governor. I had to work with a lot of people that didn't like me, and I frankly didn't like some of them, and I'd fight with them, and I'd be angry. But at the bottom line, um, every human being has intrinsic value. Sometimes you have to scratch below the surface a lot more to find it. But when we get to the point, and it's not just in a, a monopoly on the right, Bob, I'm sorry. I mean, when it comes well, I, to— I agree with okay, that. Okay. What I'm saying to you is on all sides, when we do not understand the intrinsic value of each of us, we treat each other as objects, and horrible things come from that. And we've got to figure out a way for people to stop. And look, there's nothing wrong with fighting with people. There's nothing fa- wrong with at times being angry or hateful to somebody— But at the end of the day, we don't have a right to cancel them because every single human being, with the exception of a few, right, in society, have basic intrinsic value. And if we can stop for a second, put ourselves in their shoes and understand their fears, their anger, their frustrations, and even some of their celebrations, as a country, we'd be better off. But right now, because I don't like what you say, I mock you, I put you down. And that's, I don't even mind that, except at the end, we have to take a deep breath and say, that's a human being, Mm -hmm. and we have to have some respect for them. And it's sometimes really hard when people are in our face, you know, really, really, really hard. But I think it's essential. If this country's going to heal, that's what it's going to take. If we don't heal it, we could always stand on both sides. Look, at the end of an Ohio State-Michigan game, I got to tell you, honestly, I want to see Michigan do well. And I think, you know, at the end of a game, you see guys come out on the court, both teams, you know, they're giving each other high fives or you see them in a prayer circle. That's what we need to do as a country. We got to come together and we've got to respect each other's basic intrinsic, intrinsic value as a human being. And if we do it, we can begin to hear each other better and get along better in the long run. You know, do you I believe in with... miracles? <laughs> I, I, I do. That might be I do believe in them. Because if I don't believe in them, Jordan, we will stay permanently polarized and hateful. And that will do 
that will unravel America. It will happen if we don't stop this crap that's going on on all sides. And I agree what you've seen here on January 6th and people saying it never happened. I can't even believe it. And I've been clear about it, as clear as anybody can be. I'm so used to being clear about it, nobody even thinks about it anymore when I say it. But the fact is, is that I've thought deeper about how do we fix this? It's not about working across the aisle or bipartisanship. That's trite to the problems that we have in our country around the fact that we increasingly don't respect another person for even being alive. That is what would take us down. Well, you know, part of the playbook for a long time um, on the partisan websites or the partisan cable outlets is not just to uh, respond based on the merits of the argument. Mr. Smith says this, but Mr. Jones thinks that. It's to demonize the person you disagree with, to your point, because it's not possible that a person worthy of respect, a person with good intentions, could possibly have a different point of view from you. And then that becomes kind of a unifying idea that the mainstream media doesn't just have its flaws. It can always, this is, it's your automatic get out of jail free card. No matter what was on the quote dreaded mainstream media, if you don't want to hear it, therefore it isn't true. You never have to consider it. And so we've arrived at a point, and many of us could see this coming years ago, where everything that you want to be true is true, even absent any evidence to support it. And nothing that you don't want to be true is true, even with a mountain of evidence and a choir of angels singing behind it to support it. Witness what what Jordan encounters every time he ventures into MAGA world or what you see elsewhere. When people talk, some of these MAGA people are batshit crazy. But some of them also, and Jordan can speak to this, are probably very nice people who love their families and who do good and kind things in their daily lives. But there's an atmosphere that has been created. Media is part of this. The Internet's part of it. Partisan radio and television is part of it, where everything you want to hear is reinforced. Nothing you want to hear ever either winds up on your radar screen, or if it does, it's only to mock it and not just to argue against it, but to label it as something that is that is abhorrent and comes from a person who is therefore abhorrent. And you, as you well know, there are supposed news outlets who already have the research that says if we give our viewers an objective look at the truth, even if we then interpret it through a partisan lens, but it's an objective look at the truth, that isn't what they want to hear. So we will not give it to them. And, and thus shame, you and wind- shame on them, Bob. You know, yes. shame on them. And, and you know, most of these things that bring this about are attacks on other individuals. That's what they are. They're attacks on other individuals, and, and people are not recognizing their higher purpose. And that's, that's it, just well, a tough one. There's already research that proves that that negative sort of stuff, the stuff that, yeah. that causes people's blood to boil for whatever partisan reasons, that's what gets the most clicks. That's what gets the most attention. And so this is where you wind up in a universe where people are never even asked to consider yep, something that they might not want to hear. You wind up with a respected anchor saying to Liz Cheney, who has just laid out something that is irreputably true, not for partisan reasons, 
Right. You, know, you you were never in the in the Liz Cheney wing of the Republican Party. I'm I'm a centrist guy. I might not have agreed with Liz Cheney on many particular policy things, but here she's talking about what happened on January 6th. It it's irrefutably true what she has just said, and you have a respected anchor saying, "Well, thank you for being with us because we like to hear all sides." <laughs> yeah, we. Uh... Thank you for telling us that the Earth revolves around the Sun. Because after all, we're reasonable enough to at least hear that, ridiculous as most of our audience regards it as. Yes, we'll allow you to say that here, you know, 1% of the time. The the show I did uh, a few years back called The Opposition, I, I portrayed somebody who lived in this bubble. And uh, that character and that show had a motto, and its golden rule was, may you only hear from others what you've already been telling yourself. And it feels mm-hmm. like that's... That's the bubbles that we're in. And if you can't get outside of that and you, you can't shake hands with uh, somebody from across the aisle and have some understanding of their perspective or at least agree on uh, everything is true. Wait, but think, wait, wait a minute. Think what's behind it. It's all money. It's all money, sure. fame, and glory. That's what it is. That's what the we're talking about here with, with sports being monetized and everything. It's losing your soul. Well, as long as I get a good rating, then that works. And as long as I... I got people happy. That works. I mean, understand where it comes from. It comes from the fact that you make more money, you get more glory, you get more fame. And you know what? Fame is fleeting. At some point, you'll have to answer for the fact that you were a divider of people. And I, I agree with, with what you guys are saying, but you got to look at the root cause of it. And, and that's what has to change. The owners have to change. The owner, All these things have to change. I mean, do I believe in miracles? It's a long slog back. Because we've been headed mm-hmm. this way for a very, very long time. And it's just accelerated since the last guy was in the White House. We'll be right back. And now back to the show. I'll also say this, that while I agree with you, Governor Kasich, that it exists on all sides and that what now it, under the general heading of wokeism, um, identity politics, extreme political correctness, that just isn't different from classic liberalism by degree. It isn't just many miles further down the same path. It's a divergent path. It's different in kind from classic liberalism and in many ways is the opposite of classic liberalism. So there are all kinds of excesses there that ought to be confronted by reasonable people Absolutely across right. the On political all spectrum. Right. But On all sides. there's it's a false equivalency, and I'm sure you weren't drawing it, to say that they're of equal concern because one revolves around a past president of the United States who still holds sway over a huge portion of the electorate, 45 percent of which in a recent Pew poll said that Donald Trump bears no responsibility for what happened a year ago on January 6th, 60 plus percent of whom believe that the election was not legitimate. It crosses over into their understanding of basic facts and logic as as pertains to the pandemic. These things are not of equal weight and importance. They're both important. But if something's coming from the past president who still holds sway over an entire party and may yet be the nominee again, then then I think that, you know, there's there's different there's there's different um, natural disasters 
They they all they all may be consequential, but you know some tornadoes do Bob, more damage, I, I, or some I, hurricanes no, I, do I, more damage I, than I, others. I agree with that, but I'm going to give you one example. Joe Biden ran as a guy who was going to bring the country together. Mm-hmm. We passed this infrastructure bill. And what does he do the day it passes the Senate? He said, well, we're not going to pass it in the House until we get the other bill passed, too. And he then could have gone lined up Republicans in the House and got it done. He wouldn't do that. I'm not going to ever compare what's happening with January 6th and Donald Trump. I mean, I spoke at the Democrat convention. Okay, I I went there and endorsed Biden. So I'm I'm not. But what I'm saying to you is it's this has been something that has been happening for a long time. It's accelerated at this point. But the inability of Americans to speak to one another or be angry or hateful or whatever has been happening for a lot longer than the time of Donald Trump's presidency. And what I'm saying is the way out of this is for people, individual people, to understand their responsibilities towards other people. You can't be an anchor, go on TV and lie about something because you think you're going to get a better rating point. Many, many probably do. I don't agree with that. But that's because they're not thinking about the impact on other people and the damage they could be doing. And if we can't stop and think about the goodness in somebody else who, you know, who we tra- dramatically disagree with, we're lost. And I've, I've been there yeah. a million times in politics. People that threw knives at me, wanted to come at I don't mean literally, but wanted to come after me, insulted me or whatever. I got to dig down deep to say, nope, 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 I can't go there. I can't nope. get go to the hate group. That's all I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to create a, a false equivalency because there is none with this January 6th stuff and what's come out of it. There is no false. There is no equivalency. It would be a false equivalency. But it, we can't just say if we clean that up, everything would be great because it would not be. No. Agreed. And you know much more about it than I do. But here, I think, is an important point that goes to the larger points that we've been making. Huge difference between Nixon and Watergate and all the various scandals and affronts to classic American ideals represented by Donald Trump and his followers. It may have taken Republicans longer to come around as the evidence was presented because they were inclined to give Nixon the benefit of the doubt. That's entirely appropriate. But when there was no longer any doubt to give the benefit of, then a common understanding, which used to unite Americans, a common understanding of truth and of what was important in terms of values and decency and of the Constitution and of American principles, that common understanding kicked in. And led by Barry Goldwater, as right-leaning as any Republican of my lifetime, at least any mainstream Republican of my lifetime, led by Barry Goldwater, they marched to the White House and they told Nixon the truth that he was trying to obey, which is your presidency is over. And after that, no one, even if they wanted to put forth the idea, which was legitimate, that Nixon had many strengths as a politician and he had certain accomplishments, et cetera, et cetera, nobody tried to say that Watergate no, was they not were, a problem. They were heroes, Bob. They were no, heroes. Nobody tried to say, uh, among the public, I agree. Even, nobody yep. tried to say there was nothing wrong with what Nixon did. Now, a huge portion of the country is saying that not only is there nothing wrong with the various things that Trump did, but he is the victim of, of a venal mainstream press and of abhorrent Democrats who are persecuting our hero, who can do no wrong. To, to pledge blind loyalty to anybody, even if they possessed 
a, a large number of virtuous qualities. That, that's not the way to go. We have to be properly skeptical even of our allies. But to have this blind cult-like loyalty to someone who to any clear-eyed person has demonstrated that he is emotionally, intellectually, psychologically, and morally unfit to hold any position of trust, let alone the presidency of the United States, what I just said is not a democratic position. It's not a liberal position. It's the position of any fair-minded person. It's the position of all the never-Trumpers who were who saw through it from the beginning. It's the position of all the people who now are, na- are, are labeled as rhinos, as if Donald Trump is the essence of what the conservative movement should be, the essence of what Republican ideals are. And that cult just draws the circle ever narrower, okay? You don't, you don't pledge allegiance to Trump? We got a reason for that. You're, you're out, you're a rhino, or you're a Democrat, which on its face means you're a bad person. What kind of insanity prevails here? But, but this will change, Bob. And, and let's not just look at a poll and say this is how everybody thinks, because it isn't. Uh, and there are a lot of, they're afraid to speak out. You know why? Because they're too worried about themselves. Because as Robert Putnam points out in, in his, his book, uh, The Upswing, it, we become a society that's more engaged in me and, and, and not in we. It's an I society, not a we society. Mm-hmm. And some of these people think they're fighting for the very essence of saving the country where they've been taken down the wrong path. But I, 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 I just think we got to think about the bigger, the bigger implications of all this. And you, you've, got, you've got to think about the fact that let's just take Trump and January 6th out. Is everything fine? I don't think it will be. No, but I, I think, think that's, we have but, a bigger that's, problem but, in our society. And, but that, uh, I think, and I think that it the can build be it? healed. Go ahead, It, it feels like, though, that I, I, I agree with you completely, but I think the building's on fire, and that fire needs to get put out first before we deal with the other crimes that are happening around there. And it, it does seem like we all want the same thing. It's this no, idea it's of being nuts, able to— Jordan. It's just nuts. And you've met some of these people. But if you but sat down with them, if you sat down with some of these people, you know, these neighbors, these women who say, oh, no, no, it's the Democrats that did all this. If you were to ask them, do you really think that Joe Biden has no redeeming value, no quality at all? Why are you trashing him like this? All of a sudden, that begins to change the dialogue. People begin to say, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm going too far. I'm not saying for a lot of them. And I agree with you when you say the exactly the building's on fire. Let's deal with the other crimes later. Let's do them both. Because right now, look at the squabbling between uh, some of the Democrats in Congress. There was absolutely nothing but hatred flashing across both sides. Why couldn't they just stop and have a meeting and say, "Okay, I don't agree with you. I disagree. But you know what? You're a person. I respect you. I mean, why, why couldn't that happen? But that's I, what but should I would, be happening. But I would argue, like, who... I, I am only seeing examples of people attempting to reach out to the other side coming from one direction. And I do Jordan, think, like... That, see, that's that's just wrong. That is just... That's, I, I, I've lived in this world, and that is just not correct. It's I, but not I, like they're all well-meaning, and all they want to do is get along, and the Republicans say no. That's that's just not true. It's just not... I mean, it's not... It's. I, I'll give you the facts on it. It just isn't that way. It's that both sides are broken down. Now we're going to shove a filibuster change through. Why? Because we want what we want, and we don't really care what you think. Because what we want is more important than anything that you think. That's not the way to do things. 
I would argue, why trust that you have a side that will engage in earnest political conversation when the majority of people on that side won't even legitimize the person who is president at that point? If, if there's we, not even an agreement in the power. I agree with you. It's a mistake. And most of those guys, look, most of those people who say that who were in the Senate, in, at least, they're afraid to say anything. That doesn't mean they don't recognize it. They're afraid of it. Now, if you want to criticize them for being afraid of it, I'm with you. But but it's not like they don't recognize it. I mean, but, talk, but what's, the, what's the point of recognizing if you're not saying it? Like, they're in a position of power where they should recognize and act. Otherwise, I, I, like, I, 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 I don't care. I, I honestly, yeah. I don't care about the emotional insides of Ted Cruz if he's not uh, yeah. doing something positive well, on the outside. I was actually thinking of him, but there are many of them uh, that are over there that know this is wrong. I'm saying to you that it's, Jordan, it's, it's not just one. As long as we think it's one side, we won't fix it. As long as we think, well, they're just wrong and we're right. And that's, everybody's entitled to that. But I know we're not getting out of this this way. Somebody's got to say the war is over. That's how you get peace in Bosnia. You know, somebody has to say, okay, we're going to end the war. And I'll lay down a little bit just so the war can end. And I, I, I know we can get it done. I know we can get there. But we're not going to get there if I can't look at somebody that really hates me and I can figure out a way to get to the bottom of them and figure out how not to hate them back. We'll be right back. And now back to the show. Governor Kasich, who is going to run? And some people might say, I'd like to see Governor Kasich take another uh, shot at it. Who's going you, to Bob. run? I'm for you hmm? or Jordan. <laughs> no. <laughs> who's I, I don't who's know. Gonna, and I, it's the, right now, I wouldn't say anybody has emerged in my mind, but I'm I want I want a fresh break. Look, the the extremes the extremes move the needle. But my understanding is that the vast majority of Americans hew toward the center. I agree with you. They're smacking exactly the center right. or That's they're, they're center right like yes. you, they're center left like me. And they they yearn for not only a knight in shining armor for their side, they yearn for an informed debate between not the extremes, not a shouting match between the extremes, but an informed civil debate between that that reflects the concerns of the vast majority of Americans. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect in this over the course of a long career. Joe Biden has shown himself to be a good person. That doesn't mean you always have to agree with him. But the main reason he's the president, his main credential is that he was not Donald Trump. That's That's, not good enough. That's not good enough in the supposed greatest nation on earth. And it's certainly not good enough that, that Donald Trump, a man who, if we come to our senses, should not have been the county clerk in Joplin, Missouri, became the president of the United States. How does this happen? We yearn for, we yearn for an informed debate, a passionate debate among opposing policy positions and maybe even opposing sensibilities between the people, but within the bounds of sanity and competence. Well, Bob, my my uncle was the town clerk of Joplin, Missouri, and I'm offended that you... (laughs) I was going to say, that felt like a low blow, Bob. I I was... 
Hey, as, I, 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 Bob, as, as a, Bob, as a former citizen of Missouri, I, I you, meant it, I no, meant it yeah, lovingly. I know you did. Because <laughs> I want the county clerk of Joplin, Missouri, to be a competent man or woman uh, who I can respect and trust. And you, you just said it. Most people don't live on the fringes. That's what we t- spent all of our time talking about, those on the fringes. Most people aren't on the fringe. Most people are gathered center left, center right. And so I think, look, I mean, this has really gone into a big political conference. It's not really, I don't Certainly even want to has. talk. I'm not even, no, I'm not even what talking about. What have I gotten about, myself into? Bob, Bob and Jordan, I'm not even talking about politics. I'm talking about the culture of of America. That's right. my own point. We all, you all, guys made good points and it's not a debate. I just want to see our country get fixed. And I, I look at these people, look. One of the guys that works with me, his mother-in-law, said to him a week ago, nothing, nothing violent happened on January 6th. It's my friend's mother-in-law. And she's yeah. a smart, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's cult-like. But we'll get through this. We'll get through this, too. Bob, thanks for taking all this time. Jordan, thanks for letting me spout off here. Uh, no, I, this is, this is kind of what I expect from a Buckeye. Just this, this irrational anger uh, from a losing side. Uh, <laughs> I can't, Governor. I think you know what. I think we're on the. I think we're on the same page uh, about one thing, and that's I think uh, Bob Costa should run for office. Yeah, he's getting too old, though. I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you, it's Jordan. true. He used it's to look true. a lot younger. You know the thing that that uh, it's not it's not an elected office unless you count the the vote of the owners. But for a long time, my name would come up. People would say, Bob should be the commissioner of baseball. And when I was 40 and when I was 50, I emphatically, unambiguously said, it's an entirely different skill set, not interested, not qualified. And the analogy I gave was, if you think someone's a good political columnist or commentator, it doesn't naturally follow that you think that they should be the senator from your state or or the president. It doesn't follow. They're two different things. So if I've said things over time that you agree with or think are worth considering about baseball, that's my job. I'm not qualified to be the commissioner of baseball. I wasn't, in my view, when I was 40 or 50. I'm sure as hell not when I'm about to turn 70. So <laughs> I've removed my name from consideration. Bob, you've <laughs> taken sports to a, to such a high level the way you've done your job. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, yeah, you're a sports guy, but you're bigger than that. That's that's Thank the way you. I've always seen you, and I hope I can see you sometime when we're in the building there in New York. You're you really are a treasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it would be great to meet you in person, and you and you too, Jordan. I'm not I'm not BSing. I I know all your stuff. Oh, you, Bob, you are too kind. You have given context and narration to most of my life, and so thank you for that. Um, uh, <laughs> it's an awesome responsibility. <laughs> watch back on the record with bob costas on hbo and hbo max and catch bob regularly as mlb network host and play-by-play announcer the great bob costas thank you bob thank you jordan thank you governor that was wonderful that really was well it was, it was long <laughs> <laughs> you know isn't it interesting jordan you know this too and i've done this forever if someone said to me 40 seconds I'll give you 39.5. If someone says to me, three minutes, I'll give you something that has a beginning, middle, and end three minutes. If it's open-ended, it's 33 minutes. So what the hell? Hey, everybody. Jordan here, uh, your favorite 
host of the Kasich Klepper podcast. Thank you for listening this far. If you like what you hear, click like or thumbs up or whatever icon signifies a positive reaction. We love your ratings. We love your thoughts. Reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you want us to talk about because I'm tired of answering the governor's questions and I just prefer to answer yours. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Kasich and Klepper is a production of Treefort Media, hosted and executive produced by John Kasich and Jordan Klepper. Treefort Media's executive producers are Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, and Matthew Kugler. Line producers, Oscar Guido. Audio direction by Tom Monahan, head of audio for Treefort. With production and editing by Maxwell Carney. Talent booking by Blythe Asher. With additional production help from Tim Schauer, Haley Mandelberg, Colin Motel, and Anastasia Ibrahim. This podcast is powered by ACAST.